You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It is indeed Mackie and Judd with Rami. I am the Rami portion of that equation sitting across from the one and only Judd Zolgad, Jonathan Harrison, other side of the glass. Bill Mackey still in Vegas. He went to go see the Aerosmith. I just called him the Aerosmith. Did something happen at that concert over the weekend that Phil was at? What do you mean? I turned on uh, Levitard this morning and they were going into a commercial and somebody said something about some Aerosmith concert. Really? I don't know, I don't know if it was the one... That ju- that Phil was at over the weekend. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure if uh, something did happen, we'll, we'll find out eventually. We'll have stories. We'll when, find out tomorrow when he gets back tomorrow. If he comes back, who knows? A lot's coming up on the show today, including it is NFL Draft Week, and at five o'clock we will mock as we are wont to do here on Score North three days before the NFL Draft, and we'll talk about what Chris Spielman or Rick Spielman should do and what he absolutely cannot do if he doesn't want the natives storming U.S. Bank with torches. We'll get to that at 5 o'clock. Whatever might you be talking about. As always, we will wrap with Royce coming up at 5.40. Patrick Royce will join us. But today, Judd, I uh, took it upon myself to put a Twitter poll up at Score North um, concerning the Minnesota Twins because when I talked about putting a roof on it and how that would help attendance for the Minnesota twins. I was told, no, it has nothing to do with the weather. It's not the weather. People would go to twins games despite the bad weather. If they believed in this baseball team, this is just, this is a scorned baseball fandom is the reason why attendance is what it is early on in twin seasons. And this year has been historically low, even by early twin season standards. So my question then is, okay, then when are Twins fans back in, regardless of whether or not it's snowing or it's 40 degrees or colder or it's raining or, or, gorgeous day at the or whatever is happening and you, don't, splash and you don't have God a roof God looks over down you. and says, give them a nice well, yeah, day for baseball. It's easy to go on those days if it's a good baseball team or a bad baseball team. It's the a grass great, is green. There's no roof above you. It's glorious. It's a, yes, great, go ahead. It's a great beer garden. If Even if the team is bad, it's That's, a great beer garden when the weather is good. Best bar downtown. Exactly. So, awesome. But what I'm wondering is, when will Twins fans buy back in regardless Mm -hmm. of any of the other stuff where you where a twins ticket is a hot commodity again and you need to be at target field many many times throughout the summer so i put the question out at score north when will you buy into the minnesota twins i gave four options 40 games uh if or when they sign craig kimbrell at the trade deadline or -hmm. talk to me in october those were the four options. And then I later added an addendum, Judd. I said, uh, if you're already in or we're in from day one, just reply with hashtag it's happening. Which I, we, you got a few of. I saw those. I got a few of those. I saw that. Yes. yes, I saw those replies. As far as the actual votes that came in. Yes. And we get didn't get nearly as many it's happening votes as we did all these other ones. I'll just sum it up by saying that. A few, but not enough to even really consider. 
Uh, 41% of the nearly 300 votes said 40 games in. 18% of the nearly 300 votes said if or when they sign Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. I assume Keikel would apply to that as well. I'm just limited in characters as to what I can offer you. Uh, 23% said at the trade deadline, and 18% said talk to me in October. I asked Manny and Derek this on uh, on Score North Twins show today. You can hear that in all our Twins programming by searching Score North You're Twins. You're unbelievable. Wherever you download podcasts. You're like a walking billboard. And Manny is, Manny is where I'm at and where a few people are at, which is already in, have been pretty much since, since the season has started. But Manny seems to think that give me a good season this year, playoffs in 2020, and maybe in 2021, Twins fans at large will be bought in, and Target Field will be a hot place to 2021? be 2021? Yeah. No, that's too long. I disagree with that. Okay. Now, I said 40 games, because this team can hit. But keep in mind, too, and as the ebbs and flows of a baseball season go, this team lost 3 or 4 to Toronto. Okay, Toronto's not that good. At home. They came back in three games and smoked the O's, but the Orioles are awful. They play Houston tonight. It could be very different. So I said... Realistically, as far as being in, 40 games. I need 40 games. But here's why Manny's point is one I disagree with. If this was a hot sports town right now, Vikings playoffs, okay? Wolves, first-round playoffs. Wild, perhaps, first round. Then I would say the Twins would have to get in line. But if the Minnesota Twins, through July, are playing really well, and they're exciting, and they're pitching halfway decent, and they are crushing home runs. We're starved. We're absolutely starved. And nobody, and I can tell you this from the experience of growing up in this town, nobody jumps on a bandwagon like we do. So because of the fact that that there are so few of our major, major teams in this market making noise at all, I think if this team goes into the summer and plays extremely well and is in first place in the Central Division, I think you're going to start. I'm not saying you're going to pack Target Field, but I think you're going to have some pretty good attendance. You think Twins Fever starts to take over this city? I think so, because what else do we have? Like, like we've got soccer, which is cool, and the stadium's cool. But... Well, I'm serious, Jonathan. Jonathan just looked at you like that was the most backhanded compliment well, ever. It really was. No, but it's the host be, of pre halftime. But, but soccer's going soccer. Minnesota United soccer here on Score North. The United's going to be a cool place to be because <laughs> you're so good at that. He Thank is. You. He's a walking billboard. He's incredible. <laughs> it is amazing. I mean, everything Rami's is just like skills at that art. <laughs> and I'll be appearing tonight. Impressive. He's old school Carson. Yeah, old school true. Carson. Yeah, I'll, I'll be at the Sands on I'm Saturday. I'm trying to get some stage time at Acme Comedy tonight. It's unlikely. I'll be honest with you. He's unbelievable. He sells it. Uh, but this is not to put soccer down, but when you look at the Wild, the Wolves, the Twins, and Vikings, of those four teams, the only one right now that looks like it has a chance, well, not not looks like, the only one that has a chance right now to emerge is the Twins. So I think because the Twins don't have to get in line, and because the Wild and Wolves were done in, in April... If the Minnesota Twins go into July, through July, and they are playing first-place baseball, yeah, I think people say, what the heck? It's a team that's doing well, and God knows this town needs that. So you think people will buy in this year? Yes. And it it doesn't even have to—they're not waiting until they get to the playoffs 
You think people are ready to buy in? I think people during are, the season. I be, just because they're starved. Yes, I think be, for something good. I think people. I think sports fans in this town are, and rightfully so. This is not a criticism of them one bit. All right, mm-hmm. but I think sports fans in this town are desperate for a bandwagon on which to jump. And you tell me, where else? I agree with you. Um, but I just don't know that many Twins fans would also agree with you. I'm going to be honest with you, Judd. Looking at my timeline and the reaction that we get here on Score North when we talk about the Twins, when things started off good for the Twins, I heard a lot of, yeah, but wait. Just wait. This isn't real. Just wait. And then when the Blue Jays series happened, I heard a lot of, see, that's what I told you to wait for. And it was three or four, yeah. And then the Orioles series happened, and I didn't hear anybody going, no, see, this is what they really are. But that's what I'm saying, 40 games. Twins fans, I don't think 40 games are enough. I think Twins fans are so trained right now to wait for the other shoe to drop. When things are going good, they're like, okay, when do they start to go bad? But But I am taking the scope of this conversation out to the Minnesota sports fan who is dying for something good. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I don't know if you're going to get a investment on, oh my gosh, the Twins are playing and I have to listen to them tonight and watch them tomorrow. But as far as people people getting on the bandwagon and going out to the ballpark, if this team is really good into July and successful, that's where I think you get casual fan as well saying, hey, at least it's fun. I'm, so so I'm not implying that we're going to in July become this great baseball town, but I do think that there is a chance that with a fun team that could be successful, um, and it, this is also going to go back to how good or bad the pitching is, but this gives you an opportunity to perhaps latch on to something that looks like fun. And it's been a while since we've had fun in sports in this town. When will you buy into the Minnesota Twins? If you haven't already. Me, personally? Um, I was about to throw out the phone number. 651-646-8255. Or tweet us at SKOR North. But yeah, you, personally. You're saying 40 games, I said 40 games. I'm there right now, but I get the 40 games. Because even even as somebody who picked them to win the division long before the season even started, I'll admit that you go around the diamond and there are question marks. And there are things that can go very, very good or things that can go very, very bad. I happen to believe... And the guys who have question marks over their head. I I believe in Jonathan Scope at second base. Polanco had questions around him. And how much of that was the PEDs, the success that he had earlier before the suspension? So I, I believed in him. I still have a little part of me that believes in Miguel Sano. But even if that doesn't turn out, I know Marwin Gonzalez is right. better than this. So you have your third baseman if it, if it has to be Marwin Gonzalez or... If Miguel Sano turns out, then you have your utility guy. These guys can hit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I don't think that there's a debate there. And then I I think these guys, I think these guys can flat out hit. Now, my question becomes starting pitching and bullpen big time. And do I think that when, when they play good teams and when they play games like tonight, does your starter and does your bullpen give you a chance? That I don't know. Here's my thing, Judd. I think too many people have been trained and have fallen for the old cliche of pitching wins championships. Pitching can win championships. Sure. If you have great pitching, it can win you championships. But if you do some very simple math, it becomes clear that the more runs you score, 
Sure. The less pitching you need. But I'm saying <laughs> I don't think I just but said I, anything profound. But there. I'm saying I'm saying <laughs> is is this does this group give you the consistent ability throughout a summer of play not well, to be horse bleed? That's, that's my question. That's what I was just about to get into because let's put aside all the all the let's 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 get out of our feelings, as the kids are saying nowadays. Let's get out of our feelings What's that line? when it comes to the twins and talk about is that really something? Yes. And talk about Oh, <laughs> Somebody stop the world. I'd like to get off. I'd like to get a different ticket for a different planet. <laughs> but what I mean is like all this all this stuff around the twins that we've been talking about that that twins fans don't believe that they've been burned, they've been scorned one too many times. Let's put all that aside, okay? Let's let's try and just be rational yeah. and logical about this as we try and figure out if this is real, when we should buy in, when we shouldn't buy in. Absolutely. And let's look at some of the things that they've done and I'll ask you if you think these trends can continue. Right now, and they've played fewer games than most of Major League Baseball because of their schedule and because they don't have a roof on their stadium. They are sixth in the stadium. Okay. They are sixth in Major League Baseball in run differential at plus 20. In all of baseball, not in the American League. Do you think that's something that can keep up? Because you're asking about the pitching. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, I think they can keep hitting. Yeah, I'm skept- I'm skeptical because of the pitching. So yeah, yes, they can they can continue to score lots of runs, but if they face good pitching and a good team with the pitching that they have, I'm skeptical. And right now they're fourth. and run run differentials we've talked about before is incredibly important, and I'm skeptical on that one. I do think that they can score runs, but that's where I come back to: can the starting pitchers and bullpen give you a chance consistently against teams like what they're going to face tonight in the Astros? They're fourth in the league in runs per game at 5.63. They're second in the league in OPS. This team can straight hit. I, I'm with you. And I, I don't, so I don't think the pitching needs to be great for this baseball team to go, to go far, to go into the postseason and maybe even make some noise. Okay. That's Keep the, going. and that's the craziest thing about this twin season right now is that I remember three weeks ago, four weeks ago, right before the season started, Derek and I did uh, Five Thoughts every Friday. We put out a podcast. It's about baseball. It's called Five Thoughts. You can find it at scorenorth.com. Um, where else can I find it? And our five, wherever you download podcasts, just search uh, Score North Twins, wherever you download podcasts. We're also on Spotify. You can say Alexa, open Score North. She'll open right up. And you can get the Score North app. Subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Leave your comments. Do all that nice stuff, and you can win prizes. Um, but on the five, we did five thoughts, the five teams that'll make the playoffs out of the American League. Okay. And right out of the gate, we just went, okay, let's not waste time on three of these five. It's the Astros, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. Okay. Right? That was easy. But now, and I know we're only about 20 games in, depending on which team it is that you follow, but the Yankees and the Red Sox, not what we thought they would be. And the Astros are now playing very good, but... And the Yankees are decimated. And that's going to have twelve injuries. Yeah, and that's going and that's going that's to gonna, end at some point. They're yeah, going to get guys back. Yeah, Boston but, might be a mess. I don't know. What I don't Boston. know what's going on there. I figured by now I they'd my have hands it figured out, but they do not. Okay. So the whole American League has now opened up. Okay. It's not just the division that's opened up, but the whole American League has opened up. I won forty games because of this. You you open against Cleveland and won two of three, and that this Cleveland team is, if nothing else, a weird team. I don't think they're awful, but they're weird. You go to Kansas City, which I think is god-awful in sweep two. You go to Philadelphia and win one of three. You go to the Mets and split a two-game series there. You play the Tigers, who are absolutely atrocious as well, 
and get rained out on Friday night and then win two. Toronto, you lose three of four, and then you go to Baltimore, which is an absolute, just atrocious club, and win three. This is why I need I need 40 games to get way more of a smattering of teams, okay? That's why. Because the Twins, aside from the Blue Jays, I think are doing a pretty good job against the opponents that they're playing of, of being fairly successful. The Jays, obviously, to lose three or four to the Jays at home is not good. But I need 40 games to see far more of a sample size representative of what you're going to give me. And that's not, and that's being said with no attention paid to 2017 or 18. That's being said for this team. Can I I tell you why the Jays series kind of made sense for them to lose three or four there? Sure. The bullpen is the weakness of this team. If there is a weakness on the Twins, it's it's the bullpen, and I think it's it's solid. But you have you have like three guys you can really trust. Maybe four. I say two, but go ahead. And then after that. You, you you got some problems, and they had been worked a little bit coming into that series. They weren't the freshest bullpen, mm-hmm. and the Blue Jays are a bad baseball team, mm-hmm. but I think they lead the league in runs scored from the seventh inning on this year. So you, you found a team, you ran into a team that, for whatever reason, has been able to score runs late in games and have had some comeback wins, and they ran into a bullpen that has some question marks and... Had been a little bit worked at that point. It was it was the perfect storm for them to lose three or four to what otherwise is a bad baseball team. So I looked at that and I went, that doesn't that doesn't really worry me that much. But that, you but you just beat up in, in three games on a team that does not belong that, that probably belongs in AAA. And that, like the Baltimore the Baltimore series was fun means nothing to me. And maybe I'm spinning here and trying too hard to be optimistic, but the reason why that me- that, oh, you're in that does mean something to me when you do what you did to the Orioles is because that's what bad that's what good teams do to bad teams. Like when you see that on your schedule, it's t- okay. when, it, when it's time to get fat, go get fat. But I'm telling you, if you if you are going to to give me why the Toronto series went the way that it did, then I'm going to tell you that I dismiss the O series. Good for you for taking three. But that's an absolutely atrocious team, which goes back to my point of I need 40 games to judge this thing. The the poll is now up over 300 votes as we ask, when will you buy into the Minnesota Twins? And the options are 40 games, uh, 40% there. If or when they sign Kimbrell, 18%. At the trade deadline, 24%. Or talk to me in October, that's 18%. You can write in. It's happening. If you're already bought in, you can just respond that? respond to that poll and say it's going? happening. Let me see. Uh, How's it happening? Corey says, "Why not day one?" Megan says, "I'm already in. Why isn't that an option?" Brad says, "I'm with Megan. I've been with them since day one." Uh, Nathan from the start should be an option. Vintage Goldie says, "Day one for me." Uh, Low light images says, "I bought in from the beginning. The bats this team has is legit, and I have full confidence they'll be big buyers on the pitching end." At the deadline, you tell me when to stop with the reign of optimism that's coming down. Well, if he's right, right that changes the the dynamic entirely. Craig says the Twins have a good core of talent. A bunch of those guys boat race to Southern League and Double A ball. I know it's not the same as Major Leagues, but those guys know how to win in Minnesota. I've seen it. I hope they do it sincerely. A guy who took picks for the lookouts. Wow. I tell you the one thing though that we have seen consistently, and, and if nothing else, it's great to see. And that is Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is hitting the living bleep out of the baseball right now. His doubles, his doubles aren't like bloopers that that just creep inside the line, right? And then roll to the wall and he gets a double. 
They are shots. He hits his doubles right now, very soon, at some point here, if he continues on, on this track, in my mind, are going to be home runs. I know. I They're thought, screamers. I thought that would happen this weekend. I predicted it for write that down. Yeah. Well, you came close again. Did not happen. Off the wall. Or Jonathan came close last weekend. Yeah, I know. And you came close this time. But his emergence is, I think, the single most important thing. I want to talk a little bit. You wanted to talk with me a little bit about Byron Buxton, well, I want to Buxton, ask you right? a question, yes, about about your philosophy about what Rocco is doing with Byron Buxton. When will you buy into the Twins? Participate in the Twitter poll, send us a tweet at Score North, or give us a call, 651-646-8255, or tweet us at Score North. More Twins talk when we return. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Scarves up. Listen up. Minnesota United Soccer. Listen to all the excitement of the world's game on Score North. Wednesday, April 24th, 7 p.m., home against the LA Galaxy. Pre-game at 6.30. Hear all the action on Score North. Scorenorth.com or the Score North mobile app. United is how we play. Minnesota United Soccer on Score North. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. At 5 o'clock, we will mock with the NFL Draft coming up this Thursday. And right now, you can show us your mock by tweeting Score North, a screenshot of your predictions for who Minnesota will draft in all seven rounds of this year's draft. Tweet at Score North using both of these hashtags. Hashtag Score Mock, S-K-O-R Mock, and hashtag Contest. The entrant with the most picks correct will win cool Score North gear, and it is really, really cool. For a free draft simulator, visit scorenorth.com, keyword draft. And again, we will mock at 5 o'clock and talk about what Rick Spielman should do, could do, and what he absolutely cannot do if he doesn't want to be run out of town by natives carrying torches. But right now we're asking, when will you buy in to the Minnesota Twins? If you haven't already, for uh, give us a call, 651-646-8255. Let's go to uh, Mike, Minneapolis. You're on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, Mike? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Sure. I, I'm a believer now because they've already banked the 12 wins. They've got off to a great start. So if they play 500 ball the rest of the year, they're still going to be playing meaningful games in September, if you just do the math. But I do want to see when Sano gets in the lineup, give me a month of Sano's presence because he can take the Twins to one of the best lineups in baseball that can compete with the Dodgers and the Astros. Or if he's the player he was last year, he can really torpedo their season. So I want to see a month of him in the games uh, in the lineup. But I still think they're going to be playing meaningful ball late in the year because of this good start they've had. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, so no, I don't, you know what, that, that's a good, that's an interesting point. It's a really good question, though. If Snow gets in struggles or scuffles, I think he just can't play then. Or he doesn't play on an everyday basis, right? If you're, if you're, Gonzalez play, if gives you're, you plenty. If you're playing for something, yeah. you, you can't, it's not time to develop Miguel Sano. Right. Like, you do want to develop him. You hope he gets better over the course of the season, and you hope you can give him the at-bats to afford him that to happen, but if Miguel Sano comes back and this is a first place club or a club that's battling for first place, yep. yeah, you put him in the lineup and you try to get him the at bats. But if he doesn't seize the opportunity, pretty much immediately you're going to give him some time to find his footing and find his rhythm. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't t- seize the opportunity, then pretty immediately, back to third then, base. yeah, you have other options. Exactly. You have Williams Astadio. You have Mar- Marwin Gonzalez. You have other options. I, I think the answer to your question 
will also be this. And, and I'm not sure what the exact number of games would be played at this point, but Rami, look at the Twins' schedule through the end of May. And I think by June 1st, you have, because look at the teams that they're going to play in May. It's a, it's a wide variety of teams. You've got the Angels a couple times. You've got Seattle uh, for a four-game series there. You've got the White Sox for three. You've got the Brewers for two. You've got the Yankees. And you're playing three at Houston starting tonight. Then you play the Orioles for three starting Friday at Target Field. And then you've got four games at home against Houston from May or from April 29th to May 2nd. So I think by the time you hit June 1st with the opponents that you're going to face by that time, you should have a really clear-cut idea of of where things stand. Is there anything other, because you said you don't necessarily believe in the pitching. It hasn't been great, and you're not even sure if it's as good as it has looked. I just don't know. Right. Okay. Correct. Other than that, is there anything on this team that you're not sure about? Like I said, we came into this season with question marks at second base, at shortstop, at third base. Center field. Across the outfield, really. I mean, Eddie Rosario was was, good. You wanted him to take yet another step, though. You wanted Kepler to take another step. You wanted Buxton to take another step. And for the most part, it looks like all is going according to plan with all those guys. Is there any of that that you're not buying or that you're not sure yet is the real deal? Completely not buying at this point? No. No. Buxton, Buxton, I'm intrigued about, and I'm curious if he can continue this down this path. But is is there sort of a red flag thing that, is there somebody doing something where I say that 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 is not sustainable? Not really, no, because no nobody's been nobody's been playing so outside of, of their scope at the plate, no pun intended. That I that I think to myself, well done, there's no actually. chance here. If you didn't mean that, I didn't mean that. But nobody's doing nobody's achieving something at the plate where I say absolutely not. Right, mm-hmm. like trade that guy now. He can't do do that for an entire year. Now here's my question back to you though. And this goes back to what we talked about out of spring training when the Twins made it very clear that for an extended period of time, according to them, Byron Buxton was going to hit ninth. With the way that Byron Buxton has hit the ball, and at the time, you said, that's fine to start with, but if this guy proves himself, he needs to be moved up at some point in time. When do you say enough is enough? Byron Buxton's success in the nine hole has sustained itself to a point where this guy should bat, I, I don't know, second, third, Something like that. Um, Two-part answer to that. One, it really depends on what other guys in the lineup do. Because if you can't justify moving somebody else down in the order, if they're doing everything that you're asking them to do with those guys at, that they've had at the top, Kepler, Rosario, Cruz, those have been your top three. For the most part, to start the season, in some order, it's it's hard to move him up to that part of the lineup, but my general belief is when it comes to lineup construction, A, we've put way too much value in it throughout my life, and I was guilty of that too. I thought there was a very uniform thing of what a leadoff hitter is and what a second yeah, hitter is. it's hard is. not to do that. Exactly. But we've come to learn that that's really not all that important. The most important thing when it comes to lineup construction is you want your best hitters to get to the plate as many times as possible. Again, a lot of this just comes down to simple math and the more swings you give good hitters, the more good things they'll do with those swings. So if Byron Buxton is one of your best three hitters 
40 games in. I'm going to use your number, and it, I think that's a number that a lot of baseball people use. It's a quarter of the season, and if you're doing it through a quarter of a season, 25% of a season, then it's a pretty good indicator. That's a big enough sample size to start to believe that a guy, or if you're looking at a team as a whole, that they can keep up whatever trends they've kept up to that point. If Byron Buxton is one of your three best hitters, plus that speed, which is an asset at the top of the lineup mm-hmm. to be able to move 90 feet at a time ahead of guys like Cruz, ahead of guys like Sano, if he ever gets going, Rosario. If he's one of your top three hitters 40 games in, I think that you gotta, you got to try him at the, somewhere at the top of the lineup, don't you? Where, second? First or second? Again, if you can justify moving somebody else down. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because Kepler got hot the there question becomes then, yeah. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And, and, okay, let's go with your theory that lineup construction is not that important. But let's also go with that you've got a guy in the nine spot doing very well. Do you want him, Do you want to put the the perceived, that's the important word here, do you want to put the perceived pressure then of moving him up to hitting first when Kepler has seemingly done a good job there? And, and even if you're right and it's not that important of thing, his perception of going from nine to one might impact him. You're going to put him there at some point, aren't you? At some point, he's going to have to put I would big think boy so. pants I would, on, isn't he? Yeah, I would think so. The point being, though, is is that this has been a process. This has taken a long time to get this guy to the point where he consistently looks like he does now at the plate. So, I don't know. I just i I do think that for for Buxton, the perception of where he hits might be important in the short term. In the short term, yes, but. And this kind of, this kind of goes back to what I just said about Sano. You want to develop him, but not at the cost of having the best baseball team that you can have. And eventually, for Byron Buxton, if he's going to be the player that you need him to be for this franchise to 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 do the things we're sure. hoping it can do in the next couple of years, like I say, he's going to have to put his big boy pants on. He's going to have to be a guy who you can rely on to be one of your best hitters and one of the guys at the top of your order, don't you? At some point, because to yes, me, yes, 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 I, I just, I, I sense that this staff, and it's a credit to them, is very patient, and so they are not, they're going to do nothing to rush him in with the thought that what they're doing now finally is getting the desired results. But yes, you are right. At some point in time, it has to change. Ultimately, and if you, if you've, if. If you've come into your own in Major League Baseball, and as a baseball player, you recognize what I'm about to say. Ultimately, your approach in any given at-bat has nothing to do with the number next to your name in a lineup. That's why I said perception. It has to do with the game situation. And the only time a leadoff hitter is a leadoff hitter in a game situation is that first at-bat of the game. After that, anything can happen. And you can go up there with any number of outs and any number of guys on any base and there's a million different scenarios that you could be in. So you approach that at bat based on the scenario, the case that you're in. And I, I got to believe that once Byron Buxton gets settled into what he's doing now and is confident enough a hitter, that that has to dawn on him. And he has to realize that if they put me at one, if they put me at two, I just have to keep doing what I've been doing because this, that's what... And at this point, he, he might be fine, too. Right. At exactly. this point, he he is a different player. He is a different, his approach, his confidence, everything about this guy now is the guy that that the Twins hope to see two years back. He goes up there with an approach of, I'm going to hack, I'm going to get my hacks. If I strike out, fine, 
where the approach through his first few times up, aside from some some hot streaks, was basically, oh God, I'm going to strike out. Right. So you're probably right. I just I think the patience of the staff probably also makes you correct in the fact that I would not be surprised if it was 40 games or so when they said, okay, you know what, let's take him from nine to one or two. And I say that the the sense of this this organization and the front office all the way down to Rocco Baldelli and his coaching staff, which is analytics based. That's where their their roots are set, and that's the basis of everything that they're doing here. Analytics is what says you put your best hitters at the top of the ladder. So I got to believe at some point, yeah, I agree. They follow what the numbers say and what the books say they should do, and put Byron Buxton at the top of the lineup if he continues to do this. I would think. I've seen nothing so far to say that that while he might slump some, the approach is so good now. It, he he would need to philosophically to to go into a Byron Buxton type two thousand. 17 18 slump change his approach completely which he's not going to at at this point. I think we are now seeing the dawn of the early early part of a guy who you say to yourself this is a guy we absolutely positively have to lock up long term. If he's open to doing that. Well, but you've got to keep going to him. Right. Right. You've got to. And that's been the trend in baseball so you would you would think he would... Yeah, cuz they're threatening players basically. <laughs> Look at what the Atlanta Braves are doing. No, seriously, I'm not kidding you. They're clearly going to players and saying, hey, "Have you man. looked at the open market? You want to go? Have you seen agency? the open market? Do you want now, to- now the now the curveball with Byron is this: Did the decision not to call him up on September one of last year alienate him so badly that he's going to say, "I still don't care," and I I have no idea. I'm going to free agency, essentially. There is a chance, right? There that move to me and and. I don't think for a second that that didn't change his approach, which is fantastic. So ultimately, as far as you him, think it was an eye opener, as, and that's part I of think the it was part of it. Why we I think it was part change. of it. He had a miserable year, and, and I, I think he probably said to himself, "I can't repeat that." But I also think that September first decision made him say, "Bleep it!" I'm going to take out my frustration on something. It's going to be the baseball. But there is always the chance, too, that he's now going to say, after what you did, I'll play for you for till my time's expired, and after that, I'm gone. Who knows? You don't know. It's happened I don't before. know. Right. It's happened before where a guy feels... Uh, I know I know they went, a, they went a long way towards taking a guy who was seemingly before very laid back and ticking him off more than anybody's seen. And if that's what it took, then that's what it but took. But that's the interesting thing. Right. There, there's actually a conversation to be had there about if that's what it took and worked. May also be would, the thing would that Would you go back and him. reverse right. that? Right, exactly. I don't know. This, this is a guy who before was a very nice kid, was not cocky, did not seem confident, and his approach at the plate was, oh my gosh, I'm going to strike out. And he came back and said, bleep it. No more leg kick. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to hit like I hit. And he's completely changed and different. And the Twins might get credit or some of the credit for that, but the flip side might be what you just said, which is it's also going to ultimately cost them him because he's going to say, I'm not going to deal with a bunch of people who didn't believe in me when things got tough. It's one of the most interesting things I've seen because there are there are so such two definite sides to the conversation about what's changed Byron Buxton. Both make sense. Like if it was a wake-up call, that makes sense. And if he felt scorned and wanted to get out once he had the ability to get out, 
That would also make sense, and I wouldn't fault him or blame him one bit for it. I'd go to a woman and beg for forgiveness. Here's an eight-year <laughs> oh, yeah. eight contract. What do you, Fill in the blanks. We don't sign free agents here, so just fill in the blanks. We'll give you Andrew Wiggins' contract. We'll do whatever we have yeah, to. Yeah, exactly right. In fact, you know what? We'll, we'll go to Glenn. We'll go to Glenn. We'll get Wiggy's money. We'll give it to you. We'll breach the contract with 22 on the Timberwolves. How about that? Byron, did you hear Tom Coughlin yesterday? I want to talk about this after the break. Did you hear what Tom Clough, what Tom Coughlin said yesterday? No. In his opening address to reporters? <laughs> and ju- no, but I can't wait to hear it. Again, these are voluntary workouts. Keep that in mind when you hear what you're about to hear okay. from the crusty old Tom Coughlin right after this. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Thank you, Jonathan Mackey and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Five o'clock, we will mock NFL draft coming up Thursday. We're going to have the draft covered for you wall-to-wall here on Thursday and uh, probably Friday, I'm guessing. I don't know exactly what the plan is yet, but we have a plan. I'm sure we have a plan, and uh, it's going to be a good one, and we're going to have that draft covered for you. But we'll mock at five and tell you what Rick Spielman can do, should do, absolutely cannot do. We'll get into all that coming up. At the top of the hour. But uh, NFL workouts are on the way. Voluntary off-season NFL workouts are on the way. And the operative word there, Judd, is voluntary. As in you don't have to attend if you don't want to. Exactly. Okay. As, as negotiated between NFL owners and the NFL Players Association in a collective bargaining agreement. But apparently nobody told Tom Coughlin that in the time that he was away from the NFL before he came back to run the Jaguars. And by the way, program has begun. that's just how the audio sounds. 100% attendance, and quite frankly, all our players should be here. Building the concept of team, working hard side by side, constructing our bond of togetherness, formulating our collective priorities and goals. It's not about rights and privileges. It's about obligations and responsibility. And the question is, can we count on you? Discipline. Organizing your priorities, committing yourself to doing the things necessary to succeed, no shortcuts, no procrastination. Discipline is the refining fire by which talent becomes ability. Championship teams have one common denominator. They are comprised of individuals who have a burning desire to win, to be champions. Championship teams are dominated by selfless individuals who recognize that the welfare of the team must always be paramount to any other consideration. Do you find the irony that I find okay, in, first of in all. the fact that the audio sounds like it's yes. from a time when somebody would say the things that he just said? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> does that not does does that also, guys, not sound like the first day of gym class in high school? <laughs> Yeah, a little. It really does. And then Mr. Coughlin is going to teach driver's ed after school. <laughs> Nobody said, but he sounds he sounds like my high school gym teacher. I went home in between shows. That's it. I did Purple Daily today, and then I did Score North Twins. You can hear them both at scorenorth.com or wherever you download podcasts. And um, amazing. I was I had NFL Live on and I wasn't really paying attention to it. It was just background noise. I was working on my computer, sending you guys an email about some things we should do on the show today. And then I heard this sound coming from my TV. I was like, "Is Dwight Eisenhower giving a speech? What is happening?" You're right. right. Now? Yeah, it does. And I Ask not and, what you can yeah. do. I look up at my TV and it's just 
this old man who apparently is still using audio equipment from the 1950s. Did he go up there with, with like a bullhorn no, thing? No, he's, he's at a podium. It sounds that, like a megaphone. That's at the Jaguars podium at their preseason workouts. So that's the entire organization. That's not just shining wow. on Tom Coughlin. That's on and the then, entire organization that he helps run. That's a gym teacher. So I look yeah. up at my TV and I'm like, oh, this is some old Tom Coughlin footage, right? But then I notice it's the Jaguars logo on there. I'm like, he said this stuff now? And... A, he's saying this stuff now, and B, it still sounds like that? What is going on? Well, it's the Jaguars, so, I mean, their sound system is apropos to their football team, but what is what is what does he not get about voluntary? And by the way, this may have violated the league's CBA agreement with the Players Association, which reads as such, no club official may indicate to a player that the club's off-season workout program or classroom instruction is not voluntary or that a player's failure to participate in a workout program or classroom instruction will result in the player's failure to make the club or result in any other adverse consequences affecting his working conditions. NFL President Eric Winston, not happy about the comments, said RCBA definition of voluntary is the same as the actual definition of voluntary and prohibits anyone from threatening players to participate in voluntary workouts. He said this is precisely the reason players negotiated strict work rules and bright lines when it comes to the offseason activities. We know from experience that not all coaches and executives will adhere to them, and we always pursue any violations to protect our rules. And he should. Does that sound like a guy that you would have, if you were a young up-and-coming player, have any interest in playing for, no. Joe? No. He completely doesn't get it. And, and th- this is a guy who, what, 10 years back or more, basically almost got fired by the Giants until he got a talking to saying, if, you're, if you don't change your old school ways, you're going to be fired. And so Coughlin did. So he knows. He knows how, he knows what players want. But now, because he's in charge, he's going to do things his way. But that is that is hilarious because these are um, workouts, as far as I know, not on the field, right? These are weight room. This is not OTAs so. yet. No. These are voluntary, like training, as in weight room training, right? I believe maybe classroom stuff. So this isn't even getting into to OTAs, which, by the way, also optional. Now, most guys show up for those, but still, the word being, as you said, Rami, optional. But that is hilarious because he does sound like every gym teachers that I had circa 1984, you know, checking for your jockstrap. Are you wearing your jockstrap today? And it's just... it's it's embarrassingly tone deaf. I didn't even think of that, but you nailed it when you said that's every gym. That's every gym teacher. Yeah. Yes. From like 19, the mid nineteen eighties or. or are before. you gonna live your life like that, Rami? <laughs> or are you gonna sh- are you gonna get in shape? Well, no. I think I'm still gonna drink. See ya. You literally just played out a conversation between me and one of my football coaches. I could see you gym teacher being like bleep off. I could very much see that. Are you going to get your act together, kid? No, not really. <laughs> that really was gym teacher, dude. That was amazing. That was and the Thank sound, you. the sound quality. Been there. The sound quality is so fitting. Like the irony in that is is amazing. That was that was just a great. Think about this too. There. The success of this league. Mm-hmm. All right, you've got a guy like Coughlin in Jacksonville, a member of this league, but he's complete completely doesn't get it. Right, 
You've got guys in Oakland who maybe rightfully so, I don't know, but oddly so, have banned all their scouts. This Mm -hmm. league is beyond successful. And yet you think about some of the dysfunction and it's off the charts. It really is. And you've got a league and you've got a league as a whole that you know, that not at every turn, but at many turns does things in I think you, a me, Phil, we all scratch our heads and like, what was that? So you did what? And yet these guys are, without a doubt, printing money. But let me ask you this. Huh? Let's bring this back to the real world. These are voluntary workouts, right? Yes. We all, we all have, we're in a work environment here, right? We've been in other work environments in the past. When there is a, a voluntary thing at work, mm-hmm. you get the sense for which of them are really voluntary and which aren't, right? Absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, he's not totally without a point. Tom Coughlin isn't, right? Oh, okay, but save, but save that because for OTAs. Like, if if you have guys that don't show up for on-the-field work, I could see being ticked off. Right. But these are voluntary. We're talking about lifting. And, yes, if they're, if they're trying to meet to install offense a bit or defense, that might be a problem. Well, it's the defense. There's uh, Jalen Ramsey, and I forget who the other guy was, but both guys are on the defensive side of the okay. football. Well, who those Jaylen comments Ra- were. Jalen Ramsey ain't showing up at this. Indirectly pointed at. Okay, well, Jalen Ramsey's got to know, or they they have to know, Jalen Ramsey's not going to show up. I mean, you. Oh, the other one was uh, Telvin Smith. Okay, well, Jalen Ramsey's not going to be there. Yeah, they got to know that. But I'll I'll give you a good example right here at Score North. I don't know if I'm uh, giving too much family family info. Here, oh, but... go right ahead. <laughs> so a few weeks it doesn't ago, bother me one bit. A few weeks ago, we had the the station outing for at the game at the uh, the Wild yeah, game. You didn't right? want to go. Well, it wasn't that I didn't want. You to. You didn't want to go with hockey, it and was, I have no problem with that. No, it wasn't that I didn't want to. I had I was I've been trying to like get into the yeah. into the open mic grind. Right, I'm trying to like five sure. nights a week get out and hit the open mics and do not the criticizing you one, but I think that's great. And Mackie asked me, he came to me earlier in the day, he was like, hey, are you going to the hockey thing tonight? I was like, oh, I was planning on going to an open mic, man. Is this is this like a thing you really want? Is that? And he just gave me a look and handed me the ticket. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, all right, so this isn't voluntary. I was like, okay. Right. So we're going. I guess I'm going to a hockey game. Right. <laughs> so you know there but are some things Jaylen that work. Jalen Ramsey's a star. Like, but, but like, if you were the star of stars here, that's true. then you probably would have been very, like, no. I very easily could have been like, that. it's okay. You keep that ticket, yeah, Phil. Exactly. <laughs> Just shove it right back at him. And then Tom Coughlin would would have come in and with a megaphone, we expect more from you, Ronnie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just just ascend to a superstardom and then tell Mackie to buzz off. That would have been funny if I did do that, just to see where I'm at here. <laughs> just, just Absolutely. <laughs> I would have howled. I, for one, would have found it extremely funny. <laughs> just like, nah. Yeah, it seems like you really want me there, but nah. No, that's no I won't be. <laughs> oh, no, you don't understand. I'm not showing up. I wasn't asking you to so you could shove the ticket at me. I was asking because I'm not going to show up. But it turned but out to be a great time. Then they could have brought and, uh, Tom Coughlin in, and Tom could have talked to you. I met some guys from our awesome sales team here at Score North and some of our management. You couldn't have been more bored. <laughs> and that game stunk. That was about the worst. If I'm no. trying to sell my sport, that was the worst game to take you to. Good desserts in the suite, though. Oh, the, oh, oh, the X is a oh. great building. I don't know what. It's like, a, I think it's a brookie, half brownie, yeah. half, half cookie. Yeah. 
Oh, my God. It had giant chocolate oh, chunks in it. Oh, my God. The X is a fantastic building. It is. It's a really nice place. It is. I'm glad I went. The game stunk. I'm glad I'm glad Phil made me go. That game was an embarrassment. <laughs> Wild embarrassed themselves that night. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad different. Phil ordered me to go to that voluntary work function. You still should have taken... You should have, you should have tested the waters by shoving the ticket back at Phil and saying, no, you don't understand. I'm not showing up. I got things to do, man. I, yeah. All right? This comedy thing's going to take me a long way. That would have been the hilarious. sports talk thing. It's just okay. There's a ceiling on this sports exactly. talk thing. Stand up. I mean, stand I might, up. I can. I might get that Netflix money, man. You never know. One day we'll see. I think you should have tried it. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, we're gonna mock. Oh, are we gonna mock? Oh, I'm man. excited to mock. Uh, we this is the week. Yeah, this is the week of. In fact, we should mock twice a day. This twice week, a day. We? I got one. You want to okay. dig up one? Oh, not really. Dig one up during the break. All right. We'll do dueling mocks. Okay. All right? And then we'll also talk about what Rick Spielman should do, could do, absolutely cannot do if he doesn't want people storming U.S. Bank with torches. That's up next on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami.